0: Welcome to the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show, where I believe a healthy world is based on transparent conversations. Welcome to the Dr. Gabrielle Lyon Show. In this episode, I sit down with a very dear friend, Mark Bell. I'm going to share with you a side of Mark Bell that you have never seen before. In this episode, we cover numerous things. Number one, we talk about energy, the energy from food, from sleep, and also the energy that comes from the mental chatter in your mind. We cover physical activity, the importance of it, how it influences the way that you show up in the world. And number three, we talk about the innovation of the slingshot and the story behind its birth. We talk about a ton of other things, and I know you're going to love this episode, and you're going to love this very special side of Mark Bell. As always, if you like this episode, please take a moment to subscribe, share, because we provide this information at no cost. We are here to make the world a better and stronger place. I'd like to thank one of the sponsors of the show, and that is Paleo Valley. Thank you so much for allowing myself and my family to snack clean. These beef sticks, they are grass-fed, grass-finished. You can get it in jalapeno, garlic, summer sausage. These sticks are amazing. Their texture is ideal. They are fermented sticks. They have not just benefits in regards to dietary protein, but they have vitamins and minerals. They have a high bioavailability of zinc, selenium. They taste great. They use organic spices. This is one of my all time favorite snacks. I cannot keep them around the house. They are gone within a day. It is an absolute favorite. It's a bit of an exaggeration because they're not just gone in a day, but if I don't hide them, they're totally gone. My kids will eat more than one. They might go through three or four in a day if I were to let them. You know, the, the real test, if something is good, give it to your child. Parents, you know I'm right. Give it to your child. If the kid eats it, you know that you have found a keeper. We have done that with Paleo Valley. Head on over to paleovalley.com slash Dr. Lion or use the code Dr. Lion for 15% off. Thank you to Timeline for sponsoring this episode of the show. You've heard me talk about MitoPure before. If you care about mitochondria, which you should because you care about your energy, you care about your muscle health, you care about your strength, you care about your metabolism, MitoPure, which is a form of urolithin A, it's not just any form of urolithin A, it is the first clinically tested highly pure form of the postbiotic, also known as urolithin A. That's exactly what MitoPure is. I love this. It is NSF certified for sport. It helps increase energy, strength, endurance. There are randomized controlled trials in humans, which I think is incredibly impressive. This is my go-to product for the year. I strongly encourage you to try it. Go to TimelineNutrition.com slash Dr. Lion and you will get 10% off. Go to TimelineNutrition.com slash Dr. Lion and you will get 10% off your first order. Okay, friends. I know that you've kicked off the new year, and when we think about the new year, you think about all the changes, whether it is fat loss, muscle gain, becoming a better and more resilient person, everybody sets goals. Let's all get together and set standards. Join me for the first ever Forever Strong Summit, January 13th and 14th in Austin, Texas. Go to the website foreverstrongsummit.com. That's foreverstrongsummit.com. This summit is for everybody. It is for people that want to learn about working out, for people that know how to work out, for people that love science, for people that love mindset, whatever it is that you are looking for. At the end of the day, it is all about global strength. Please join me in person for the first ever live event. Mark Bell welcome to the podcast i'm really excited to have you on the truth is you and i've been friends for a very long time it has been a long time i know i think we're getting
1: old we're (laughs) friends through charles poliquin yeah who was an amazing coach
0: yeah that that is amazing um and how did yeah charles introduced us
1: he linked me up because i said who are like four or five people that you know that i have to meet and you were one of them. one of the other people was Ian Danny, and then the other people I don't remember.
0: Okay, so I stuck around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm so happy. Exactly. Um, One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is that this show talks a lot about medicine and health and fitness. And of course, we're gonna talk about health and fitness, but the other standard for being on the show is just having an incredible character.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna say you had to be handsome. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, I'm fit uh, you're, that more.
0: You're, you're in. Well, you were wearing a crown. We all worked out before this, mm. and uh, I that was did a great workout. I it was thanks to Carlos and the the Sigma training team. They were awesome.
1: Carlos puts you through it, <laughs> puts you through the paces. Yep,
0: three days a week, if not more. Um, and you're also very humble, so I feel that pulling some of these answers out of you might mm. be a little challenging, uh, but we're, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it.
1: I think my followers would say
0: otherwise. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Mark
1: Bell humble? Nah.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna um, open up the audience to you, which I'm really excited to chat about. You are a couple things. You're a husband and a father, which by the way, Andy's amazing, Andy Bell. Also an entrepreneur, innovator, power lifter, athlete, you're all these things. So my easy question to ask you is, what is the legacy that you're planning on leaving?
1: Mm. I think that's uh, up to um, the people that the ideas stick around with. Um, that's the way I kind of look at some of this stuff. Um, I think that a lot of things are like memes and they're like propagations of ideas that hopefully live with on, live within other people. And so hopefully some of the things that I've taught, uh, extend into other people and hopefully those people share it with other people. So when I think of legacy, I don't think of like cars or homes or money or any of that. I don't even know if that's a good idea to leave any of that behind for children, grandchildren and so forth. Maybe it makes their life more difficult than we could even think of because those things weren't left behind for us. Um. But I think it's the ideas I think are important, and so if I have any legacy, I think it would be um, hopefully the that some of my ideas live. You know, they live onward, and my inventions and creations and some of the things I made. Um, if I was to die today, they'd still be on sale tomorrow.
0: Uh, please don't do that in, in, in my house. Well, you're um, a doctor; you'll be able to save me. <laughs> uh, Shane is uh, working in the ICU today, so uh, <laughs> right. yeah, that that would not be ideal. I think that that is amazing. And you know, when I first met you, and I think when people first meet you, you're very athletic, and they might think, okay, well, this guy is just an athlete; he's just kind of a you know knuckle dragger. Meathead. <laughs> meathead, exactly. You are extremely smart and aware and not to put you on the spot but it's true and i think people should know that about you what are some of the ideas that have really been on your mind lately that you think can really change the world for a better
1: uh i really think that perspective is really critical so if you don't have other people's perspective in mind it's hard to relate to them it's hard to get them to relate to you it's hard to uh, break the ice. It's hard to get them to listen to a message that you might have. And um, as much as I might say I don't really care how many people view this message or how many people like this message, I really do care. I do care that they. Um, I, I do care that they consider the information that I'm sharing, because what if that information can help change their life? Or what if that information can help uh, change a relative's life that's in their life right now? Someone they love, someone they care about. So those are things that are heavily on my mind, especially more recently.
0: Is there a reason, more recently, that it's been on your mind?
1: It's um, trying to give people tangible stuff that they can actually do, that they can actually follow through with. Um, I think it's it's easier for me to admit that I'm kind of a maniac when it comes to certain things, when it comes to like fitness and I love running, I love lifting. Yeah, I
0: know, you it's, took me for a run.
1: It's been a huge passion of mine. I, I I enjoy all these things, um, but I'm open to listening to people that don't enjoy those things. I'm open to understanding that people don't enjoy those things. So like how do I get you to meet me in the middle? okay you don't like exercise, you don't like to sweat. But man, exercise can be so important. So how do I what how, how do I communicate to you that I think this would be a great idea if you did it or Maybe you hate exercise so much that we can have conversations of, hey, look, if you don't really overeat, maybe you don't need to exercise as much. You know, what are are some reasonable things? Um, As people get older, um, you know, strength is a huge thing. I say strength is never a weakness all the time, and weakness is never a strength. And if you look at a lot of the information that's coming out now, the book that you have out right now, and a lot of the things that you're hearing a lot of people talk about right now. So much of it is a message of strength because you're, you start to lose muscle mass because you're not sending the same message anymore. That uh, laundry bag that uh, is in your room, maybe as you get older, you don't want to lug it over to the washer and dryer. Maybe you take out half the clothes and move them. Uh, maybe when you go to the grocery store, maybe you buy less stuff because you don't want to haul as much groceries and stuff like that. Over a period of time, you send less and less of a message to your body to hold that muscle and have that strength. But so much of it starts with your um, degrading uh, in your strength. And then the muscles start to kind of follow afterwards.
0: Let me ask you a challenging question. Why do you care about it so much? Here's why. You're very successful. You probably don't have to be doing these things. You probably don't have to be making the world a better place, but you do. And you care a lot about people, you care a lot about relationships, and you care a lot about this stuff. And You're always thinking about it. My question to you would be why?
1: Uh, one of the missions I have is to make the world a better place to lift. This is something <laughs> I've been saying for- I've
0: never heard that. Yeah. Have you seen that for a long time? Yeah,
1: I've been saying that for a while. Um, it's important to me for, for multiple reasons. I, I know too many people close to me that I love and care about. Uh, you know the story of my mother, uh, my mother Rosemary. She died a couple years ago, three years ago, a couple days ago. Um, she instilled so much confidence in me and helped me so much uh, to realize what I am and what I could be. You know, kind of a typical mother, loving mother type situation saying, Hey, look, you can be anything that you want. And in in the movie, Bigger, Stronger, Faster, she says to my brother, my brother you know, kind of wanted to be like Arnold or be like this guy or that guy, uh, Hulk Hogan, or these other people that we looked up to. And my mother said, how do you know someone doesn't want to be the next Chris Bell? And so a woman that's that strong, that instills that into you from a young age, it makes me want to try to empower people to feel even just a microscopic version of that. If I can have people feel, a tenth of the way that I feel every single day. Um, it's it's fair to say that I don't think I've ever had a day where I felt bad about myself. I, I've never had a bad day. Even the day that my mother died wasn't necessarily a bad day. Uh, it was just a reminder of the way that she lived and the things that she taught me. The day my brother died, I don't view it as a tragedy. It's just, I view problems and certain situations that happen in life as uh, they're part of life. Death is a part of life. Yeah. Life is a part of death. The two uh, go together. They coincide. And so, I don't know. Just it's important for me to understand these things and to be able to communicate them out. And I, I know that people have greatness inside of them, and even beyond that, I believe that each person has divinity within them. I believe each person has a godlike feature within them, and they it's just sitting there, and I don't think they really know or understand it
0: and did that take some time to understand and develop (laughs) (laughs) years right because again when you started you were a power lifter i would say you were eating twinkies very overweight (laughs) um and something changed and something changed over time for you
1: my powerlifting career is uh probably a little misunderstood um yeah, there was Twinkies involved and there was pizza and peanut butter cups and a lot of stuff like that. Um, And there was a uh, disregard for health, but it was because I wanted to be as strong as possible. One of the things that's a requirement of powerlifting um, is to just kind of go all in and really commit to it. And for me, it was um, to really commit to it all the way in terms of Uh, weight gain in terms of performance enhancing drugs and just anything that could make me stronger, if I wasn't committed to that, then I just felt like I wasn't all the way in. And so when it came to weight gain and it came to just getting bigger, I started to recognize that I needed to weigh more. I weighed like 230, 240, something like that. And I did well, and I did well at 250 and 260. I did well at 270, but I did better and better and better the more weight that I gained all the way to the point where I ended up getting up to 330 pounds, which ended up being a mistake because my performance started to drop off, my sleep started to suffer. And that's when I started kind of figuring out some nuances of training that I didn't really know before. And that taught me some of the lessons that I still carry with me today that I just, I kinda can't even believe, I can't even believe that training works this way. Um, we, we just worked very hard, the training session that we just did. Um, But if you're going to train like that day in and day out, then what you'll find is most people end up in this like 70% range. And you would think, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do like 65, 75% of my max. And that's most of what we're going to do for the day. You would think piece of cake. But to me, that's really an important uh, thing to point out is that's, in my opinion, where people get better. So, when I was squatting over a thousand pounds and benching over 800 pounds, and
0: yeah, I did that yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yesterday morning. <laughs> yesterday five morning.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Five o'clock. One yeah. kid in one arm. Yeah.
1: When I was doing some of that stuff, um, I think there's a misinterpretation because people see the big weights. They see the posting of big weights or they see the competition that I did, but they don't really understand that in competition, while this might sound like a lot of weight, I would only use you know, 70% of that, sometimes 60% of that, sometimes even even less. And my training partners were always confused by it. They're like, how are you able to do that? And my response always was, well, it's, it's about the input that I'm giving to my body. You can't overstress the body. So um, I just have been fascinated over the last several years of what's your body's interpretation of stress? and just even that word interpretation. If I have a reinterpretation of stress, well, now it's game on, I can handle just about anything.
0: And are you talking about physical, mental, any of it, or are you primarily talking about physical?
1: I'm talking about all of it because I've seen so many friends succeed, I've seen so many people, we have mutual friends that we see just kill it, just crush it in business and they're crushing it on social media. Um, But then I talk to them behind the scenes and sometimes, they're having a rough go of it because of life stresses, which is totally understandable. But once you learn how to have some stress mitigation, um, you're able to sprawl against life. You know, a, For a fighter, they learn how to sprawl. A wrestler learns how to sprawl. It's basically just blocking someone from taking you down. Like what a, an amazing asset that is. Imagine if you can just sprawl in your life. Imagine if you can defend And allow life to kick you here and there, allow life to punch you here and there, but it doesn't ever take you all the way down. It doesn't. And to me, the only way you're going to be able to do that is to have a reinterpretation because sometimes things are just difficult. People go through divorces. People go through breakups. People have people cheat on each other. uh, People go through drug addictions, alcoholism. There's a lot of stuff that can be really, really ugly and really nasty, but if you can reinterpret those things and just understand this is part of life, you know my my uh, uh, for my mom, you know her parents didn't maybe they didn't necessarily choose to be alcoholics, maybe they didn't choose to um, treat her the way that she was treated uh, for her to kind of end up with the life that she had. So I try to have perspective on those things, and then I try to teach other people um, that, in my opinion, is a choice to really work very hard on your mindset and stress mitigation.
0: Now, I love that you're saying that. I couldn't agree more, and we were talking upstairs that people think about stress as this one thing. Think about it, we have one word to define uh, breakup, divorce, death of a loved Mm -hmm. one, sickness, or my kid peeing on the wall, or being at the DMV, forgetting your paperwork. We only have one word to define stress. And to piggyback off of that, we typically only have one reaction. So people think that there's only one reaction to stress and that one reaction is fight or flight, but actually there is tendon befriend, there is the courage response. And I think without even putting into words, you move towards this tendon befriend, which is reaching out to other people. And that's something that I've seen you do, uh, again, for years.
1: I love doing that. It makes you feel good. Uh, our friend, mutual friend, Bedros Koulian oh, nice. talks a lot about reaching out to other people, say, hey, I appreciate you, or like, he'll just send me something, like he'll send me something foul or weird because we have that kind of relationship <laughs> and he'll just say something funny. And then we go back and forth and we both get a good laugh from it. And, and there you are from just a couple words uh, that were said on your phone. Now you're smiling or laughing. You're just set off into a slightly different mood or mode. So I found that if you... Have like a energy. If you have a day where your energy is kind of low, and I think energy is an important thing to talk about. But when your energy feels kind of low and your vibe is not great, check in on other people. Um, they might think that you're awesome, an awesome friend for checking in on them. But really, we're we're always doing these things for selfish reasons. Being a doctor, you understand how important it is for people. They're like, oh, I got to go see my friend. Uh, she's in the hospital, and. Yeah, they're they're going for their they're going for their friend, but they're really going for themselves more so than anything, because they are they're going to check on their friend, but they need to see visually that their friend is okay. And I think that those things are really important. We can get a lot of energy uh, from the people around us. So checking in, being grateful, having some gratitude for the people that are around you, the people that do love you. I think, uh, especially being this like podcast circuit, I've learned that. You don't want to chase people that don't want to be caught. Don't get yourself too caught up in that. If somebody doesn't want to be caught, they're not for you at the moment. It's the same thing as dating. I mean, how great is that? How good of a situation is that going to be if you kind of barely got someone to go on like a date right. or something? They're just
0: Yeah, you you definitely don't want that. It's
1: not going to vibe very good. It's not going to work. It's not going to turn into like the relationship that you wanted it to turn into. And so I think these things are just important to think about like a little bit more in depth. But back to the idea of energy, I think that we, I don't know if we're thinking about energy enough uh, when it comes to food and when it comes to sleep, because I could sit here and talk about stress all day, but if I didn't eat or I overtrained, now I'm really screwed. Now things are gonna hit me like so differently.
0: Meaning your stress, meaning the daily life choices impact one's ability to manage stress mitigate stress or the interpretation
1: yeah massive massively um just as an example uh let's say one day you go to get in your car and you go to you know kind of close the door and you spill your protein shake all over the place i use that because i'm a meathead use that as an example um but another day you go to get in your car and your favorite song is on as soon as you turn the car on, your favorite song is on. You're like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" You start driving down the road, and like, maybe you're moved to tears. Maybe you're moved to laughter. Maybe you're moved to just thinking of something uh, nostalgic. I think nostalgia is another like superpower. But when it comes to uh, energy,
0: and how would you define energy?
1: That's <laughs> uh, I would define energy as as you feeling. Um, I would define energy as you basically just not feeling tired and exhausted. But how many people do you know that they say, man, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I feel this, I feel that. I think that when you're not tired, when you are having a good amount of energy, I don't think that food, I think occasionally food can leave you feeling like energetic. um, But I think that in our society today, we have too much of a disconnect for it to really Do that for your energy to be that high, unless maybe you're on like a keto diet or you have been um, really experimenting with your food and your diet for a long time.
0: What what I'm interpreting you say is that the energy from food, meaning you eat something Mm -hmm. and you feel more energetic or more vibrant. Is that the energy from
1: food? I think food can do a couple of things. Food can kind of give you energy in one way, in one sense, and then in another sense, food can make you feel tired. Um, (laughs) this is a funny example but you can eat so much that you can't have sex (laughs) you know you're just like you're both kind of bloated and you're like no it ain't gonna happen like that's way too much Um, and I think that realistically um, we should do our best to try to eat a certain amount of food that would allow you to be able to get up from the table and, and go on a walk around the block without you know your stomach just absolutely killing you so I think you need to be a little careful with how much energy you can consume in a particular moment. Um, But in the case of energy, I think we get it from our sleep and we get it from our food. But I think that we are, I think that we're viewing it sometimes the wrong way. And you could be spending your energy, a lot of your energy, a lot of your reserve could be spent on your phone. A lot of your energy could be spent on hating somebody else. A lot of your energy could be spent on a lot of negative things. And then, when another stressor is poured into that, when another stressor comes at you, you don't have the ability to def- defend yourself. And then you get angry and you get frustrated. Now you're angry and frustrated, and sometimes you get angry that you're frustrated. <laughs> 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 and it just becomes kind of this like this uh, this circle. And if you're trying to diet, I mean, forget it. Your diet's your diet's toast at that mm. point. Your decision making skills are going to be really compromised. If your energy is screwed up, your sleep might be compromised. I mean, it's just if you can take care of your sleep and if you can try to do, do some basic stuff, go out for a walk, um, love the people around you, have some gratitude, try to try to get ahead for a second. It's not easy to get ahead. I think that it's very hard for people to get their head above water to get a good breath. But if you can do that, if you can figure out a way to get ahead, for a moment, you're gonna be able to breathe, you're gonna be able to relax, you're gonna have less stress. And you're thinking it's gonna be more stress because you're thinking that's too big of a hurdle for me to jump over. I don't have the energy to jump over that hurdle, but you have to figure out how you can do that.
0: Hmm, I like this. So we're actually talking about food energy, but in essence, we're also talking about life energy. All right. And How do you mitigate the things that are coming at you? You are a public figure. I'm sure as much love as you get is probably as much uh, hate as you get or discord. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe everybody loves you. Uh, At least we do over here. How do you create somewhat of a shield and how would you suggest other people to do that?
1: Your interpretation is your choice.
0: Your interpretation is your choice.
1: It's a beautiful thing. I think it's incredible. I think you have the ability to look at your social media and you have the ability to laugh at somebody making fun of you. Um, I've even had people make videos where they um, have literally like mimicked me or, and sometimes I'm just like, I'm way easier to make fun of than that. Like the guy should have done a way better job. There's so many more things he could have pointed out that I suck at that we could have all laughed about. So I think it's, you know, it's when you kind of look at some of those things, um, it's easy to get caught up in some of the negative, but I mean, how many people are commenting also that you helped change your life? They're down 40 pounds. And then what is the impact of that person being down 40 pounds? That person isn't only down 40 pounds. That person is down 40 pounds in body weight, hopefully 40 pounds of body fat. And they are now communicating to all their friends at work in their home, um, maybe it's helping uh, with their relationship, maybe it's helping their spouse, uh, maybe it's helping another relative. So it has this uh, this cascade of strength. And if you allow the negative to get to you, I think you're just allowing other people to win, you're allowing um, a cascade of negative emotions. Something that I've learned that I think is a really incredible thing to really think about is that negative emotions can only come from one place they can only come from a negative interpretation so it's your own negative thoughts that's really pretty amazing someone can call you whatever name they want but it's your own negative and and it's also you placing a value like why why are we placing a value was it from your husband you know if it's from your husband You have to consider why did he say that? What did I do to trigger that? Now we should probably have a conversation, right? Uh, If it was a friend or a loved one, that's something you have to consider more and that would be tougher to deal with. That would cut, that would hurt. And I'm not saying that you can defend yourself against every single thing all the time because there's things in life that kind of blindside us. But if you can pause on most things for a moment, which is another great strategy, which is really difficult to do, People sometimes say, see if you can sleep on it. (laughs) Shit, that's hard. (laughs) That can be really, really hard. But if you can give yourself a moment to think about stuff for a minute before you respond, the text message, the email, the uh, negative comment in your Instagram thread.
0: And I think you told me once that unless you are ready to read the comments, then you should just not, right? Mm -hmm. You said something like, hey, Unless you are in a place where you feel that you have enough energy to go ahead and read both the positive and negative comments. Then if
1: I'm if I was to post a picture of me and Donald Trump <laughs> on my Instagram, why in the world would I look at the comments? If I was if I was proud of it and I thought this was cool to share and I just wanted to share it. Or like, what is the real reason why I'm sharing Maybe I'm sharing because I want to stir up some shit. Maybe I'm sharing it because I want to be inflammatory. Well, then I have to be ready for a lot of inflammatory stuff to come my way. Um, you have to think about the context of, I like a lot of your videos because they're, they're fun. And I know what you're doing. I know you're not like, um, you're not trying to make anybody mad or it's no. just, yeah, it's like you're, you're having fun. and It seems like your fans understand that. It seems like the most part, people are getting it, which is cool. Uh, but I think that we sometimes have, a ch- have, um, we take ourselves way too seriously sometimes. And again, I think uh, the, the value that you place on stuff, we have to be really careful. Uh, it's a value assignment. Like what- A what, value assignment. Yeah, what value, why, why? Why are you giving so much power? Or why are you thinking that someone's gonna act differently if they always act the same? Your sister, your brother, your mom, your mom acts the same way every time.
0: So did this take time to <laughs> develop? Was there a moment, or you just recognized that there is a choice that you have a choice on as to how you interpret information? And once you know that, that's it's that simple. Or did it take time to build thick skin?
1: Yeah, uh, life. You know, life. Um, I believe that life is simple. It's it's uh, it's a it's a belief of mine. I feel strongly about it. But I'm not to say that that everyone's life is simple. That's It's my life that I feel is simple. I can't speak for other people. I don't know where they've been. I don't know what they've been through. Um, I didn't grow up poor. I didn't grow up without parents. I grew up with two awesome parents. I grew up middle class. I grew up with uh, two awesome brothers. I grew up with like a good, really solid, strong family structure. My dad was uh, the coach of the baseball team, like the whole thing. My family was very, my uncles, my grandparents, like everyone's involved. Um, if we're playing a football game or something, the whole family. And there. by the
0: way, I've been to your family reunions. <laughs> yeah. There is, how and, many bells are there?
1: Yeah, there's like 60 <laughs> there of us or least. something like that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And so that's my life experience. And so I, it's easier for me to say that life is simple because I didn't, when I was young, I didn't have to worry about like where the next meal was coming from. I didn't have to worry about, C.T. Fletcher has a story of every time he heard the keys, he knew he was getting beating. It's like that gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. It almost makes me wanna cry. I love C.T. so much, but that's that's a horrible feeling uh, to have as a kid, and I, I was never abused and never had anything remotely close to that happen to me. So it's easier for me to say that life is simple uh, because I've been able to think about these things that maybe other people couldn't afford to think about.
0: You had space
1: from their past.
0: You had space. Where do you get inspiration? How do you continue to evolve in this way?
1: <sighs> I really, I try to listen to a lot of different content. I love listening to Joe Rogan. I'm a huge fan of his but I also will try to listen to stuff that uh, contradicts a lot of the stuff that I'm thinking. And then I also will, I play a lot of like head games on myself when I do listen to folks that have other things to say that are different than mine. I'm like, wait a second, dude, what are you doing? Why are you getting mad? Mm. Like This is ridiculous, shouldn't get mad. This person has a different perspective. Listen to the perspective. What is their perspective from? And let's see if they have a good point here. But the second that you get mad, you're no longer really listening. You're like, no, that's dumb. No, no, my way is the right way. I know best. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, I, I will listen to stuff that is sometimes um, sometimes boring, not super exciting. It might be, I, I feel that it's necessary though because I feel that I'll find a little nugget in there. Most of the time, most of the stuff that I'll look at, I would say research, but I think that's too strong a word. Most of the stuff I look at, because it's mainly just me messing around on like YouTube, the intention is for me to help other people. But I know, again, that's not the real intention. The real intention is for me to help myself, because I think that that's just the way that, that life is. I think that's the But it's the way also
0: life upholding a standard. You'd right. mentioned that I know what it is to help other people I do, and why did I become a doctor to be of service? Right. And does it make me feel good that I can help other people or step in when they need it? I'm I still take care of patients. Yeah. In fact, I still probably should be bothering you about your sleep study <laughs> or whatever. Um, but it, I suppose in a very. Uh, Particular sleep person. scores
1: are up, oh, by the way. Oh,
0: really? Okay. By a ton. Okay.
1: They're getting a lot better. Speaking I don't know. Speaking
0: of sleep studies, I don't know if I... you
1: if you care about sleep scores, but I got some good sleep <laughs> scores for
0: you. Um, we got to get Bedros <laughs> on the sleep train. We're gonna have to send this to him. Um, but you're right. It is it is about uh, feeling good for the person, and also setting a standard for the way that you live your life. And by doing something good for other people, you inevitably feel good. Right. Um, and and that is really important for you. This has definitely been a journey, and you've you've sent me some things from. Uh, is it Sadhguru? Yeah, and that it. You know, the first time you sent it to me, actually, I, I wasn't surprised because I know you. But I think that maybe one of your other friends may be surprised by right. that, and. That is something also that you listen to. Would you say that that is a more spiritual aspect, or is it just understanding? You know, you'd mentioned that we all have something within us. We all have greatness within us. Do a you, godlike feature a godlike feature? Yeah. What, and what is is it different for every person? Is it a dharma? Is it um, a mission that they're supposed to fulfill? For me, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and. Uh, I know how I'm supposed to be helping. I'm sure
1: you've had patients before say something to you that's like so profound. You're like, what? You're like, I I went to medical school. Like I learned all this stuff. And then this random patient uh, that you're not thinking would really understand something so specifically, but they say something so profound to you that you're like, oh my God. So I think each person does have kind of a divinity within them. But part of the reason why I am in search of a lot of this information is to feel good and to help other people feel good. It's really that simple. If I think of, uh, if I can think of like three things that make me feel good, one is nostalgia, like just playing an old song that you like I'm going to be 47 years old. So just cranking out some Metallica or Guns N' Roses or something like that in my car feels great.
0: So you're not talking about melon, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you to First Form for sponsoring this episode of the show. Absolutely care about muscle health. I know you do too. More and more, we are hearing about micronized creatine. It's been around for easily 60 years. If I were to rate the effectiveness and ease of ingestion and taking a supplement, one out of 10, I would say creatine is a 10. It is one of the most researched and effective supplements on the market. It can improve endurance, power, and strength. If you are an older individual, it can also improve cognition. I think it's fantastic. I've seen it work very well in clinical practice. This formula is easy to mix. It doesn't taste like anything. You could mix it in tea and you're ready to go. Head on over to firstform.com slash lion. That's first, one stphormcom And you will get free USA shipping on your order of $75 or more. I'd like to thank one of the sponsors of the show, and that is Inside Tracker. Inside, like inside your body, not outside. It's really important to know what is happening within your blood. If you are taking all the time, energy, and money to invest in your health and well being, it's critical to understand if what you are doing is paying off in the way that you'd like it to. This is one reason why Inside Tracker is so valuable you can go to insidetracker.com slash Dr. lion. You can choose from a multitude of different plans so that you can see what is happening, not just in your blood, but in your DNA. It also analyzes fitness tracking data to understand what you are doing and if it is working. So you'll get to see in real time if your blood markers, if your inflammation has improved, it's really important to be able to take matters into your own hands. Inside tracker allows this to be possible. Head on over to inside tracker.com slash Dr. Lion, and you will receive 20% off. That's inside tracker.com slash Dr. Lion.
1: Um, and another good one. I think that kind of works for everybody. I, I think everyone can relate to some sort of music. Um, another good one is just take a shower. Like taking a shower feels great. I know people talk about like grounding and cold plunging and all these different things. If you can take a second to mess around with the temperature of the shower, I think that that can give you a little boost too. I think that can help. And another way to feel good, if to feel really good and just good about yourself is to do something for the day. Uh, I think something physical. I think uh, what things do for us physically has such a crazy impact and strong impact on the brain and the body. Um, that I think that, uh, I don't know if we'll ever find out all the information on what it does, but movement, I think, is really crucial. I say that motion is the lotion. And if anybody that's ever woken up before and kind of just had that kind of like, really just sore body, like a morning body, you know, you're just like stiff and achy and you can't quite, walk the way you wanna walk. You can't move the way you wanna move. There's something on the ground, but you just kind of leave it cause you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna pick that shit up. It's gonna have to wait till later. I think uh, so much of that can be cured by just a quick walk around the block. And as much as I love walking, walking is awesome and it's a great place to start, but unfortunately, I just don't think it's enough. I think that you, so walking, again, great place to start. You're overweight and you are not in good shape, you have no fitness practice, walking is a 10 out of 10 for you. That's awesome, that's a really good spot to start, but eventually you have to progress into something a little different. But I think fitness is huge, and it will make you, it will make you feel really good about yourself. Make you, like I think that's a really powerful word, I don't usually use that, I don't use. I have tried to work on uh, correcting a lot of my own language to myself, because um, nothing can make you do really anything um but in the case of exercise it literally makes you feel better
0: we were de- we were absolutely designed to move and you also mentioned something else strength strength is something that declines over time if you don't do something about it what has changed for you or what are you what has changed in the trends or maybe you're thinking about fitness over time because again you have been in some kind of fitness space for the last 30 years mm-hmm. You've seen everything from carnivore, to keto, to I still can't find a carbohydrate at your house. (laughs) Um, You guys gotta fix that next time. (laughs) What has changed for you? Is there anything profound where you thought, you really thought that this thing was the right thing and just had a moment where you were like, uh, no, it's not. (laughs)
1: I have tried a lot of different things and I've leaned into certain things to, to explore, to see if they are the thing. Cause I, lo- I love that, that's like powerful. And I'm a little bit of a sucker for that. It could be a product, um, it, could be, um, it could be a specific diet. Like some of the things of a keto diet sounds so awesome. Where still to this day, I go back and forth and I sometimes will do a a ketogenic diet or I'll utilize ketones. For me, I feel like it it, uh, has some efficacy and I think it can help with certain things. Uh, But diving into those things and doing those things um, more passionately has not resulted in any uh, further increases in really much of anything. So there's like, that kind of old just like 80 20 90 10 those kind of rules i think are i think they're awesome i think they're great and maybe your 80 20 changes over the years because you become uh, more and more fitnessy you become more and more ingrained into like diet culture and so your 80 20 gets stricter and stricter and to and to somebody else it looks like you're 100% compliant on your diet all the time they think you're just a total like fitness nut but um yeah, leaning into those things harder. I haven't really found anything crazy profound that was a, a big result of anything extra. You know, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like going more carnivore. Like I did carnivore diet for 100 days. I didn't have um, any extra energy. I didn't have any. I um, uh, didn't have any crazy body composition changes. Although there were some body composition changes. Cause I think carnivore diet is great. But what I'm saying is leaning into that 10 out of 10 and thinking that, you know, you can't have a slice of pizza or you can't come off the diet slightly here and there, you can't have some rice or fruit or carbohydrates surrounding workouts and stuff, I think is probably a stretch. And then same thing with like a ketogenic diet. I've leaned into all those things a lot and haven't found, and maybe it's just like what I was looking for, but I didn't find that they did anything extra on top of... uh what I was expecting.
0: And what is your nutrition like now? Where have you landed? Because by the way, you're fitter, would you say that you're fitter than you've ever been?
1: Yeah, I think I'm like single digit body fat. I'm definitely
0: fitter, leaner, moving around, Mm -hmm. have great energy. What are you doing now? What have you landed on for this season?
1: I basically eat a lot of meat and uh, there's some fruit in there, here and there. Um, one, One major change over the last couple of years Okay, because I was such a huge keto uh, fan and I was a fan of low carbohydrate diets, but I would eat like a lot of fat. And when you're a bigger guy and you eat a lot of food and you are trying to consume a lot of protein, protein and fats in nature are normally together. You've got to kind of go out of your way to find protein and protein.
0: <laughs> right, you do.
1: <laughs> sort of by itself. You need like Piedmont T's beef. Exactly,
0: that's exactly what I was thinking.
1: Or yeah. you need like, or you need chicken breast, which again, a chicken breast would normally even have the skin on it and that would have more fat. Um, so cutting back the fat calories was something that I did, but it was mainly for aesthetic reasons. Um, and it was mainly for weight loss because now I'm running more and um, I just don't wanna, have, as I'm running, all I can feel is like every pound that I have, <laughs> I'm like, I How can't How much you eat,
0: weigh now? How much do you weigh now?
1: I'm like 220 right now. Okay. And when I ran the Boston Marathon with your husband, Shane, (laughs) I was still like 240, and that just didn't work. That uh, That was very, very difficult. So yeah, trying to lose weight. And if somebody is trying to get leaner, the unfortunate bad news that I could share with them is I think a lower carb style diet is a great way to go. High protein, and you're gonna cut the fats down too. So now you're on a diet that's pretty much like protein
0: (laughs) leaner protein and then uh when you say a lower carbohydrate diet are you saying 100 grams or less or does it really just depend on the person you
1: know I, i think i i think that we could give people like literal kind of blanket information yeah your protein uh should be about your body weight in grams approximately give or take if somebody's very very heavy if they're way overweight then i can't imagine a human being needing needing more than 250 or 300 grams of protein on a given day um and then um so your 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 protein would be your body weight in grams uh fat calories or your fat grams i think you have to be careful with the fat that you don't go so low that it negatively impacts your hormones. Yeah, And it will also really sink your energy. We talked earlier about energy. Um, You can't make something out of nothing. So creativity, workload, just anything, workouts, like they're all gonna suffer if there's not a good backbone of nutrition. So I'm not saying just submarine your calories to death so that you are just like in a constant daze all the time. But I think people can probably be somewhere between like 50 grams of fat to 80 grams of fat, depending on their size.
0: size. totally reasonable.
1: And then I also think uh, when it comes to the carbohydrates, you can probably go as high as uh, if you're on the leaner side, you can probably go with one gram per pound of body weight. If you're trying to lose body fat and you're not on the leaner side, half your body weight, and you might even need to go a little lower than that mm-hmm. at some point.
0: What about in terms of um, alcohol? Do you? I don't. Do you drink alcohol once in a while? Mm-hmm. Do you does that affect your body composition at all?
1: Some people just have a huge problem with alcohol, yeah. so uh, it's interesting because I, I talk all the time on my podcast about uh, nutrition and stuff, and we don't really even talk about alcohol.
0: Uh, yeah, I noticed.
1: And and we were talking the other day, and I'm like, we don't ever talk about alcohol, and the, my guys are like, yeah, because we don't drink. I was like, but it's a huge issue for a lot of people. I think you can drink alcohol and be in really good shape. <laughs> I have a lot of friends that that are, are, they're still able to manage everything and they're still able to figure things out. Uh, but it's just a lot of times with alcohol comes like just losing self-control. And I think that that's people that are massively overweight, they don't have good control over their nutrition. And anytime that, uh, most people tend to binge is when they're in a moment of being out of control and that alcohol can really impair your judgment and you can get a case of the efforts where you're like F it! i'm just going to do this F it! i'm just going to do that and it's usually not in a positive way no it's usually not like F it! i'm just going to eat like a really lean steak like a great to- <laughs> chicken
0: breast <We're> <laughs> overload on uh, chicken yeah. breast and exactly. broccoli." exactly
1: yeah so drinking usually implies that you're kind of partying, you're letting your guard down a little bit, and uh, usually that accompanies something else. So for each person, they're gonna have to really judge, is alcohol a problem? And I think it would be a good idea for most people to get away from alcohol for a while, and maybe even explore, this might not be the greatest recommendation, but maybe even explore other options. THC, Kratom, like try some other things, because to be quite honest to, to really truly live in the moment sometimes is miserable for some people. And uh, I, I shouldn't even say some people, I think potentially for everybody. That's why we have uh, caffeine, that's why we have these different drugs and different things we want to, uh, I've been using TRT for a really long time. Uh, I think that just to be, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out the right word, but just to be sort of like normal and like idle, is very difficult in this day and age.
0: Do you think it's because of all the stimulation? Do you think it's the busy mind? Is it, what what do you think?
1: I think it's, I think everyone has a little version of ADHD in a certain respect, not from a medical standpoint, but uh, it's not a, It's not necessarily an attention deficit disorder. It's almost more like uh, information overload disorder. Like, I don't know what to do with all this information. I saw this thing. Now I want to talk about that. But then I saw this other thing. One of the reasons why people really struggle so much with their diet and with their uh, their training is because they're not usually glued to anything for any period of time.
0: Not disciplined and they're not Not consistent right not following
1: something for like a really long time i've heard people say ronnie coleman uh trained he did the same program for like 25 years you know he went into it worked for him yeah he went into that gym in texas and uh brian dobson trained him and he gave him like a specific program and he followed it forever but most people now i think are really having a hard time they might try a program Again, stress might kind of get the better of them and they're kind of on it, they're off it, but then they're trying another program and then they're trying another diet and they're trying another diet and they'll say, this diet didn't work for me and they earmark that one and they say, this diet didn't work for me and they earmark that one. And then when they come to a doctor or a physician or somebody, that a personal trainer, the trainer says, what have you tried? You know, What have you done? What's your history? And they'll say, oh, I tried everything. It's like, oh, you did, but like it was only for. Unfortunately, it's great that you tried them, but you only did it for like little bits and pieces, and you weren't concentrated enough on anything.
0: Yeah, and that really affects people's stress. So if we even went back to the stress, right. it it lowers their ability to feel good about themselves. If they so feel, they feel that like they failed, they failed. And again, what you would say is that that thought process is an option. That that's an optional thought process. So if you guys are out there listening and you've tried these different diets and things, potentially you can take a step back Mm -hmm. and re-engage, but re-engage one thing. Um, In terms of um, training, what are you doing for training now? How have you, because again, I've known you for many years. There was a time when I would come visit and I mean, I'm, I'm tiny, so I'm not doing these uh, heavy bench presses. You're pretty big. What are you talking about?
1: shoulders <laughs> yeah. and biceps were popping today. Uh,
0: yeah. I'm about 5'1", uh, one, 110 pounds. But five foot. Yeah. 5'1", 5'1". <laughs> one, one. Uh, don't let me shrink yet. But, you know, initially when I came, you guys were lifting really heavy at the super mm-hmm. training gym. And then another time that I came, it was more... Um, I don't know if it was more like stranger movements with the cable bars, and then yeah. maybe it was an alternative machine. It just all, it was alternative always- Alternative lifting. <laughs> I was thinking to myself- <laughs> getting ourselves in trouble What here. is this? But it was, um, it's constantly progressed- Right. Into different things.
1: Yeah, right. I just, uh, again, a reinterpretation, reinterpretation of strength. Um, I was very strong at, three movements bench squat deadlift um but something that might be simple to somebody else like just getting off the ground without using their hands and just leaning just sitting uh kind of crisscross applesauce and just leaning forward and getting up that way things like that are not an option for me so how do I get myself is that a is that a level of strength or is that just a level of mobility or is it a combination I've been training my whole life, so I should be able to do something like that. Um, being able to jump, being able to climb, being able to hold yourself up for a long period of time—you um, know, one one like quick uh, moment with someone that does gymnastics, and they'll show you how weak you are. You know, here, just try this handstand, and handstand is just like it's nothing to someone who does gymnastics it's like the beginning of something or even like a muscle up the muscle up is a beginning of the whole routine that they do on the rings and they're not even allowed to like make a face when they do that stuff they gotta just breathe in and out of their nose and it's very difficult so over the years i started to kind of reevaluate what i thought strong was and i always recognized that there was a huge gap between the strength of somebody like on a field. Uh, in a sport versus the strength of somebody in the gym. And I was like, why is it more often than not that these guys that are so good in the gym, they kind of suck on the field, or suck on the court. Not always. I mean, sometimes you see uh, see it have tremendous benefit, but I just always felt like there's, there's something missing. And I knew when I was done with powerlifting that I wanted to get into doing a lot of other movements.
0: Why did you finish powerlifting?
1: I just did it, you know, for pretty much as long as I could. in my sort of luck ran out. I squatted 1,080 and then-
0: 1,080 pounds? (laughs)
1: 1,080 pounds. And uh, I was preparing for a contest and uh, in training I squatted over 1,100 pounds and that was the goal. And I went to do 1,085, just five more pounds than what I performed previously. And I fell with the weight. And that fall was, it didn't- it it was pretty gnarly like it I hurt my ankle my knee um I am kind of uh I don't know I have I have unorthodox ways of like wanting to heal from stuff (laughs) and so I didn't go to a doctor I didn't go to a hospital I went to somebody that I knew would give me the information (laughs) that that you wanted
0: wanted, that you wanted yeah
1: that I wanted So. so so I went to uh a guy who does like acupuncture type stuff. And he's someone I would go to to get fixed up here and there. And he basically just said, uh, do you think you had anything wrong with your knee and your ankle mm-hmm. before you fell? And I was like, yeah, probably. He's like, what do you have to compare it to? He's like, so you go get an MRI or X-ray. He's like, what are they going to tell you? I was like, you're going to tell me that it's messed up. He goes, and you already know it's messed up, right? And he's like, I don't see anything broken. So, he's like i think you just gotta you know live with this for a little while and so for like three months i was just in a tremendous amount of pain um but you know i i learned i learned a lot from that process and i learned that um if i if i just keep reaching and reaching and reaching to get stronger and stronger and stronger like eventually i could have something like life threatening and that that nearly was falling without amount of weight
0: i can't even i
1: mean the weight could have It could have easily killed me.
0: And we've seen that. We've we've seen that happen to people.
1: People died recently squatting and stuff like that. So um, it was time to make a change. And I thought, okay, well, I can't really lift the same way.
0: Did you get down when that happened? Did you feel depressed? Did you feel like, I don't know, um, because it's not something that you were anticipating, right? So sometimes bad things happen and we can anticipate it. This was a thing that there wasn't an an anticipatory experience
1: yeah the anticipation was the exact opposite that right. i was going to do really good and i was going to mm-hmm. conquer the world
0: well <laughs> I, I would still say you conquered the world and are but did you did your mental the way that you think about things mentally kick in at that time or did that allow you impetus to really begin to kind of cultivate that mind frame
1: i you know i i would be lying if i said i I've, I've ever even felt depression i just tend to shift gears a lot of times. So at the moment, uh, yeah, I was like, hey, this sucks. But then it was like, okay, recovery. Think about how, how do you recover from this? And then secondly, uh, think about what changes can I make? What, what can I do? Uh, okay, I can't squat. <laughs> I can't squat for a while. Um, deadlifting's gonna be hard. Like some of the movements that I like and enjoy, they're gonna be hard. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's over forever. So I'm just going to shift gears. And the the biggest shift right there was, well, now I'm pretty fat, so Uh, I should get in
0: shape. I shouldn't be eating the Twinkies anymore.
1: Yeah. And so I I recognized that my energy was going to be lower. I wasn't going to have the same energy output anymore. And so I was like, let me switch gears and let me just uh, just take this as a new challenge. Let me get in shape and see what I can do.
0: I want to point out something. I take care of many Incredible entrepreneurs, and you know, and and many war fighters, and people that are just extraordinary, that are mavericks and move the needle. What you're describing is what I see from them mm. day in and day out. You're describing almost, uh, in essence, a neutrality of what is coming in. It wasn't really good or bad. It was just a moment to pivot. And the listener or the watcher, if you guys are watching on YouTube, hey, um, can learn from that because you healed, maybe not physically in a rapid way, but you were able to get more resilience and more capacity. People think that there's this allostatic load that's constantly pushing them down, but it it goes back to your initial framing of this idea of energy. And so you are showing people, if people can take away from this conversation, certainly a neutrality to get back up and also not interpret it as this is bad. And it, it was just a time to pivot for you, which is amazing.
1: And you know, to comment on it even further on a more like nutritional side of things, I do think that some people, they get themselves in a position where they're sort of metabolically broken and they don't have that energy, energy available. So it's gonna like the walk around the block, you walking around the block is gonna suck. It's not going to feel good,
0: so you have to prep yourself for that.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's not going to be. It's not going to be comfortable, but it will be over a period of time, and it will feel better over a period of time, and it will help you advance over a period of time. Um, it also doesn't have to anything that you're working on or doing. Back to that kind of seventy percent uh, rule, like you, you can kind of live in the seventy percent range and g- gain tremendous amounts of strength and make tremendous amounts of progress. Um, being, you know, someone who, you know, uh, has a medical background, you know, going through school and stuff like that. Like if you if you just tried to do every day at like a 10, you might have burnt out. You might have seen a lot of other people burn out. You're like, holy crap, this girl's ahead of me and that guy's ahead of me. Like, oh, my God, like this is overwhelming. But if you're putting in like a seven every day, even though it, may, it might not feel as productive as what you're seeing somebody else do, you're there every day and they fall off after year one or year two and you're still there, however many years it takes Uh to get it.
0: Yeah, like 17. (laughs) Um, Don't recommend that to anybody. Where did the development of the slingshot come in? Mm. Because that's innovative. You're supposed to be a meathead. (laughs) And we're having this deep conversation about energy and how the energy actually translates to stress and the interpretation and... um, Yeah, you're not supposed to be an an inventor, but you are. Where did that come from?
1: You know, I owe everything to the slingshot because the slingshot is what afforded me to even start to think this way. uh, Because it allowed me to gain some financial freedom. And that financial freedom led me to uh, investigating and looking into these things in the first place. So I wasn't this way before I invented the slingshot, but after inventing it and after having some success with it, it was really helpful. The slingshot- Wait, before
0: oh. you go on, I have to ask a question. Do you think that that was, and I don't know a different way to phrase that, that that was your destiny, that you were going to make this thing? Do you think that there was a flash of insight? Do you think you were meant to do this, that invention?
1: Uh, I'll explain the way that it, some of some of it came to be. I had the idea in my head for a long time. I went to a few different companies and they didn't understand what I was talking about.
0: And for the listener, you have to explain what the Slingshot is.
1: Yeah, the Slingshot is, is a supportive upper body device for bench press, push-ups, and dips. It's uh, elastic material, slides up over your arms. And as you go to do a bench pressing motion, it uh, stretches across your chest and acts as double muscle. When the uh, the slingshot, as you go to push your elbows back behind the midline of the body, the slingshot uh, opens up, it stretches, it elongates as your muscles are elongating in the eccentric portion of a lift. And as your muscles are contracting in the concentric portion of the lift, the slingshot is doing the same thing. So I've always kind of just worded it as it acts as double muscle. It gives you assistance in areas like a push up, a dip, a bench press. Bench pressing can be dangerous to some degree. When you get the elbow, start to uh, go past the midline of the body, you get in this kind of compromised position where a lot of people complain of shoulder and elbow pain and things like that. And so <laughs> being a powerlifter and doing that for so long, I wanted to create something that allowed people to train through and around their injuries. And uh, I hurt my pec several times preparing for competitions and things like that. And so, I was trying to think of a way, you know, h- how do I avoid this? How do I? What's the solution for this? And I was in my gym one day and I was just trying to work on some different things. And I ended up taking some wrist wraps and kind of messing with them. And then I went over to my dad's house that day and I was like, "Dad," I was like, "Hold these wrist wraps, you know, like this." I would wrap one wrist wrap around an elbow and wrap the other one around the other elbow and he holds it like in front of my chest and I push my elbows back and then the uh, the Velcro snaps and hits him in the face. he's like, oh shit, he's like, that didn't work. I was like, no, but that's exactly what I need. I need that support kind of behind the elbow uh, for me to kind of create this product. So I had the idea for a while, went to a few companies that didn't know what I was talking about. A few companies just thought it was like a bad idea. They're like, No one cares that much about bench pressing. I was like, bullshit. (laughs) People love to bench press. What are you talking about? (laughs) That is
0: the universal bench press day is Monday.
1: Yeah, I'm like, it's a huge thing in my world. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And uh, so I just, I had the idea for a little while and I heard that it was a bad idea so many times and that it wasn't gonna do anything that I was, I kind of started to agree with that. I was like, oh, well, maybe... I even went to a friend of mine who's a lifter and an entrepreneur. He had lots of money and he's like, "I wouldn't invest in that." He's like, "I don't, he's like that's, he's like I don't I don't think that that would be a popular thing. I can't see how it's going to." I'm like, "Man, but a lot of people have hurt shoulders and and people love to bench press." I was like, "If we can get people to continue to do the thing that they love, they'll be pumped about it, you know? They'll be excited." So anyway, I rested on the idea for a little bit. And uh, my oldest brother, Mike, he was bipolar. He had uh, drug addictions and a complicated life in a lot of ways. Um, and he was in a, uh, a rehab, a rehabilitation center. And I got a call from my dad that he had passed, that he died. And uh, that was on a Sunday after I came home from the gym. And I don't know if it was like, a like a stress response or I don't really know exactly what it was but it was like a couple nights later I was sleeping and I had a whisper in my ear that felt like it was from my brother Uh, I don't I still don't really know what it is I don't I don't know if I believe in ghosts or anything like that but or if it was just a dream I have no idea but it seemed really real And when I woke up from the dream, I was like, I had goosebumps and I was like sweating and it just, it really freaked me out. But he whispered in my ear and he said, think. And from that moment on, I was like, what the hell does that mean? And to me, it meant like, think more about like what you're doing, like the stuff that you have in your life right now uh, is really important. Think more about the stuff that you have going on and do something with it because I'm gone. I'm not here and you know, my brother, he died. And my brother um, always wanted to do something great. He had a, a hard time being consistent with anything, with being bipolar and having drug and alcohol addiction. So it was kind of hard for him to turn himself into what he wanted to be. But I was like, well, I don't have those addictions, and I think that I can make an impact. So I'm gonna kind of take the reins and take the good qualities that he had, and I don't, ha- I don't blessed to not have the bad qualities that he had. And so I'm gonna forge forward with the ideas that I have. And so from that point on it was, how do I think about this more and how do I actually make this slingshot? How do I turn this into a thing? And then just resources. And I think some people might think that it's lucky. I think that it's kind of lucky. I think that I'm a very fortunate person. And uh, I don't mind looking at life that way. I don't mind someone saying like, oh, you're rich because you're lucky. I'm like, yeah, I am I am very, very lucky. I'm really lucky to have the wife that I have. I'm really lucky to have the children that I have, the parents that I have, the brothers that I've had, uh, just all, all of it, very fortunate, the friends, everything. Um, so the idea from there was just like, how do I get this thing made? And I talked to my wife. <laughs>
0: the so andy bell who is a friend of mine Mm -hmm. she is incredible she is we got it she got her
1: ass kicked on a workout today Ah.
0: (laughs) i would love to have andy on the podcast um so you talked to your wife and she
1: my wife's a swimmer and i was she
0: she was a collegiate swimmer too yeah she she swam
1: at at the university of kansas that's right scholarship athlete she's a badass
0: she is and she's very tall
1: (laughs) yeah super fit (laughs) And uh, so I, I was telling her about the idea and she, you know, wasn't totally understanding exactly what I was talking about, but I was like, I need someone just to like, sew this together. Like, I know the material, I know what it should be. And she's like, oh, my friend, she sews our swimsuits together. And so I met her friend outside of a Starbucks uh, in front of like a Fitness 19, uh, in front of a Starbucks and a Fitness 19. Were
0: you guys in Sacramento at the time?
1: They were in Sacramento. That This was in Woodland, California, which is near Sacramento. And I was like, hey, sew these things up. It was basically just knee wraps, these elastic material. Sew these things up this way. And um, if you could do that, that would be awesome. She's like, oh, I have like an industrial strength machine. So it'd be real strong and real sturdy and stuff. And then I came back and met her there the next week. And when I met her there the next week, she had these uh, early versions of the slingshot sewn up. And I said, can you wait right here for a minute? I was like, I need to go try this out. Oh my gosh. So I run into the Fitness 19 and just like any veteran lifter, you just pretend that you belong in the place. You don't actually have a membership there. Right. You just kind of like wave to the guy in the front a little bit and you (laughs) kind of pass on by. (laughs) And so I go and I bench 135 for a couple reps with this uh, slingshot on and that went really well. And then I put 225 on there and it just felt incredible. The weight was just cruising and it just it, it felt the way that I was thinking that it should feel. And when I got up off that bench, I was just covered head to toe in goosebumps and like emotion. I was like, holy shit. This works. This, this works. Like I made it. This is the thing that I've been thinking about for a really long time. And then from there it was a matter of like logistics and figuring out like who's going to make it and how much to get and a lot of those things but I remember showing it to my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law recently just started a business as well uh he's uh he's working on distilling uh some gin and uh I showed him in our kitchen and my brother-in-law used to play football and I was like if he I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to like hand it to him mm. and tell him how to how to wear it, you know? And I give it to him and I'm like if he gets it, then everybody else will get it because he used to be an athlete and he understands enough about working out to where he's going to get it. And so he puts it on and he's like, "Holy crap." He's like, "This feels really great." He's like, "I want to try some push-ups with it." He gets on the ground and he he does some push-ups. He's like, "Holy shit." he's just like staring at me like in disbelief. Like he didn't know that I even had that idea. I don't Mm. think he heard me really talking about it a whole lot, but he was looking at me in a way that I hadn't seen him look at me before. Like, dude, like you made something amazing. Like this is incredible. And he's like, you're going to be able to do something awesome with this. He's like, this is—he's like, everyone's going to get this. This is awesome. And at that moment, I knew that it was going to sell really well, and I knew that it was going to be something that would make a big impact.
0: And just to be clear, you didn't name it Slingshot because it hit your dad in the face, right?
1: <laughs> no, I was yeah, I was named Slingshot just for the simple fact that when you uh, when you go to bench press the weight, it kind of slings it up. It slings slingshots mm-hmm. you up.
0: What is what is next for you? What is on your mind uh, moving forward?
1: You know, I, I I love this question, and I was in uh, Iceland not too long ago, and I had the opportunity to hang out with Hapthor Bjornson, the mountain. And um, who is that? <laughs> Hapthor Bjornson is uh he's Game of Thrones. He's seven feet tall. He's um just a, a, a he's the mountain on on the Game of Thrones show. I don't know if you ever watched the show, but. Um, an incredible uh, World's Strongest Man competitor. He's won the World's Strongest Man and he's somebody I've been friends with for a while, but. Uh,
0: before he was on Game of Thrones or after?
1: Um, I've, I've been friends with him the whole time. Okay, Yeah, I've been it. friends with him even before he was on Game of Thrones. And that was really interesting to kind of watch some of that go so down.
0: So cool. Because
1: it's such a crazy show. It's like one of the best shows of all time. It's amazing. And, um, but, uh, I asked him the same question. Uh, we didn't even podcast, we were just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, And he has he has kids as well. And he's like, I got no goals. He's like, I'm just hanging out. And that's the way I feel. And I think that sometimes people get like, they're like, oh, like, like what? Like you don't have like aspirations? No, it doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that I feel really good. I feel really good with where I'm at. I don't mind living in the moment. And uh, I'm not uh, necessarily, even though there are plans to do other things and there are plans to do bigger things, that's not my focus, my focus is now.
0: In the moment. Well, Mark Bell, I just absolutely love and adore you as a friend and just as a human. And a shout out to your incredible wife, Andy. Thank you. Uh, We are so grateful to call you friends and family. And thank you for being on the show. This is going to be so eye-opening for people. And the goal was I wanted people to, number one, get to know you and number two, get to know you in a different capacity. And I am 100% sure that we have achieved those goals.
1: Has your husband ever been on the show?
0: I tried in the beginning. He was uh, a little stiff, (laughs) but we'll get get him on.
1: He's amazing. He is amazing. I remember he's the only person I ever asked about Bud's training and he was like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, it's not hard or whatever. He's like, well, he's, yeah. He's like, it was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but he didn't him. say
1: much. Yep. And I was like, man, this guy's actually a real badass.
0: Yeah. And he's very quiet and humble. And he and did
1: so great at the Boston Marathon. That was such a fun experience uh, yeah. running the Boston Marathon with him.
0: He's He is incredible. Hopefully he'll get off work a little earlier than... Mm. Sevens so we get to another. hang out with them. Yes, yes. <laughs> where, and I'm gonna link everything as to where people can find you. Is there anything that you wanna say? Anything more?
1: Yeah, just that my brother is working on another movie. So um, hopefully we'll get an opportunity to talk to you. I know that this podcast has taken off and your book has taken off. So hopefully you can make time for us.
0: I will, are you kidding? <laughs> I'll always make time for you. Big shout uh, out to Chris. He's amazing too.
1: Yeah, he's working on like another Bigger, stronger, faster. And uh, I'm super excited for him and can't wait to see what happens with all that.
0: And you have a podcast, and that is is it the Mark Bell Show? It's a Power Project, not the Mark Bell Show. You nailed it. The Power Project um, with your co host Insema and, In and Andrew yep. and Andrew, both incredible humans. And we will link everything again. I'm thank so you. grateful for your time and for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. The Dr. Gabrielle Lyon podcast and YouTube are for general information purposes only and do not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice, and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast, YouTube, or materials linked from the podcast or YouTube is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition. They may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professional for any such conditions. This is purely for entertainment and educational purposes only.